Healthcare is rapidly changing. Innovative technologies and new treatment paradigms are changing the way we tackle the world's pervasive health issues. I'm Alex Godin with Oxner Health in New Orleans, Louisiana. Join me as we go inside Louisiana's largest healthcare system, where we discuss new ideas in confronting these healthcare challenges. We talk to thought leaders and healthcare experts to explore the latest innovations in patient care. Welcome to Innovation Health. As many children attend classes virtually during the pandemic, many parents are faced with the dilemma of trying to limit screen time, yet needing to put their children in front of screens in order to do basic tasks like attend class and do their homework. In this episode of Innovation Health, we talk with Oxner Health's pediatric psychologist, Dr. Jill West, to figure out what approach parents should take with the screens so that their children are learning while not hindering their development or health. So I want to talk about screen time because I feel like this is definitely something that has changed. You know, just last year, I feel like it was more about limiting screen time, being very aware of that. But now in the current circumstance, you know, the child is on the screen all day doing school. And even if, you know, you're a teenager, you, you aren't going as many places. You're probably on social media all day in addition to school. So what is the latest data on what's appropriate? How should we be limiting screen time? How do we know what is too much, especially given the requirements we're being asked to fulfill with the screen time? Sure. This is a really difficult and delicate balance. <laughs> and I understand completely why parents and, and educators are struggling with this. A lot of what is happening academically, even for children who have gone back in person, a lot of their homework or turning in assignments, I've heard from from um, a couple of children who I've seen in clinical settings that they're doing most of their assignments at school on screens, even though they're in person in school, they're doing their assignments on screens because it's it's a reduction for the infection risk. If I'm only touching my own screen, that doesn't mean I'm touching pencils and papers and all sorts of other things that are being handed to other people. So I, it's un, undeniable and, and absolutely the case that, that children are spending a lot of time on screens. You asked about the science about that. I think right. <laughs> that, um, you know, one thing that is particularly challenging about studying screen time and the effects of screen time is that it's such a, an ever-changing technology and it it's very difficult to study human behavior when the actual thing that you're trying to study, the technology, keeps changing and evolving. And, you know, there there's kind of the, the latest and greatest thing that, that then is kind of another distraction. Um, so the science around this is a little bit harder to talk about because it's really difficult to get good science around this. Um, there was a 2017 study by the American Psychological Association and just sort of acknowledging, you know, about 50% of parents say that regulating screen time is a constant battle for them. And about 60% of parents say that they really worry about the amount of screen time and particularly social media and the effects that that's going to have mm -hmm. on their child's development, particularly their physical and mental health. So, you know, I think we know anecdotally and we have data to suggest that parents are struggling with this. So that piece of science I can share uh, definitively. 
what to do about it is really more based in science-informed recommendations, more so than it is a specific study that was conducted and here's the magical solution. Um, but the American Academy of Pediatrics has their most recent update about screen time came out last year in 2019. You know, they really recommend that under the age of 18 months, screen time be pretty limited to um, you know video chatting with with caregivers like in sort of a social context, less about sort of passive media mm -hmm. use or media consumption from about 18 to 24 months, high quality programming. So something that's sort of educational and purposeful in nature and, and co-watching. So not, not, sitting a child in front of a screen and having them kind of do something independent, but really kind of having that be an interactive activity. Okay. And that's because for those children, 24 months and under, what we're really wanting them to learn is language development, social development, you know, how to communicate verbally and non-verbally. And so they're, they're not learning that as much by looking at a screen. Doing an activity that's screen-based with someone else where there's still a social component seems to be okay. That's okay. sort of the general consensus. Then we look at still young kids from two to five. Really, the recommendation is to try to limit that as much as possible. The recommendation is one hour a day. If we have two to five-year-olds who are doing um, any kind of online, online school, school <laughs> you know, that's not going to be possible. Um, and then, you know, for children six and up, it's not a specific amount of time, but it's really trying to pay more attention to the the quality of the media. So again, kind of just this passive, endless media consumption, whether that's a video game or watching YouTube videos or watching a TV show or something like that, um, that, that that kind of screen time be limited. So these recommendations are not kind of really thinking about what about the time spent on school? I think kind of the assumption is that the amount of time that children are spending on screens that is for an educational purpose has a purpose. And that sort of screen time is is qualitatively different than sort of quote unquote leisure screen time where it's just, again, sort of more of this passive consumption. And so I think, you know, my thought about it and my recommendation is just that I would really encourage parents to try to, when possible, and I know, you know, any parents that are listening, their their eyes are rolling back into their heads at what I'm about to say, but when a child is spending much of the day because of school, you know, virtual school on a screen, that really trying to help them think about other leisure activities that don't involve a screen and limiting that, I think, is more important. So because we know that so much of, of school now and for the foreseeable future will include screens, that it's really kind of thinking about, so then with my child's other leisure time, how do I help it so that after a week of looking at a screen all day because of school, that they're not also spending all day Saturday and Sunday looking at a screen. You know, maybe I let them have an hour or two or three or four, however many is appropriate for a given family, but a couple of hours of screen time. But then we're also going to do, you know, we're going to maybe play a board game or we're going to read a book or we're going to go to a park or we're going to go for a walk or a bike ride or, you know, something, something else that doesn't involve uh, looking at a screen. And there's, there's, um, there was these, guidelines that came out a few years ago called the screen sense guidelines and they really talked about a ratio approach which i really love so instead of kind of having it be a very specific you know children in this 
age group only get this number of hours or something like that. It's really more thinking about a ratio. So for very young kids, for every 30 minutes that they spend on a screen, they should have three to five hours of time not on screens. And then when you get into more of a teenager, it's more of a one-to-one ratio. For every one hour spent on a screen, let's try to spend one hour not on a screen. And that's just, I think, maybe a little bit more realistic of a guideline for, for some families to think through. You know, okay, it's, it's a Saturday. You know, you've been playing video games for four hours. Why don't we do something else for a couple of hours that doesn't involve a screen? So when you do kind of offer those options too and and kind of divert to other activities, would an initial kind of pushback or reluctance from your child be normal and expected? Most definitely. I, I also think because this generation of youth is has never not had screens. Um, Which and is crazy so, to think. <laughs> right. But screens are just such a ubiquitous part of their life and of their world. You, know, you think about we all have, well, I shouldn't say we all, most of us have a, a screen, a mini computer in, in our pocket or in our purse or at our very close reach almost 24-7, right? That's our cell phone. Plus, we've got computers, we've got tablets, we've got televisions, we've got um, sometimes people have screens in their cars, you know, almost everything that that we think about doing from leisure activities, especially the things that kids really love, happen on screens. You know, older kids love TikTok and Snapchat and and uh, Instagram. And, you know, school-aged kids love video games. You know, I can't tell you how often I hear about Fortnite and Roblox <laughs> and Minecraft. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, even little kids. I have a 16-month-old. And, yeah, YouTube videos and Coco Melon and, you know, all of these things that are that, that happen on a screen. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's not an appropriate expectation. It's not a reasonable expectation to eliminate that completely. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't think that's the right approach. And I also think when parents are thinking about how they might want to limit this with their kids, it's um, – it's best if it can be approached in a way that doesn't feel like a punishment to the child, right? And it's going to. So if it's, you used to not care how much time I spent on the screen, why are you making me put it away now? That's going to feel like a punishment. So sure, you can expect some pushback. But if there's another activity that can replace that screen time, that's maybe not equally as exciting, but close. You know, it's not turn off your screen and come clean your room, but maybe turn (laughs) off your screen and let's, you know, do something together as a family or, you know, why don't you, you know, go do some outdoor activity that you like or, you know, play a board game or read a book that you like or something like that. That's a great way to frame it. I think that's such helpful advice, Um, even for me, (laughs) to limit my screen time. (laughs) I know. Listen, and that's the other thing, you know, not not to um, be on my soapbox about this topic, but I think, you know, most of us as adults don't do a great job of limiting no, our screen time, not at all. right? How many people, yourself maybe, or how many people do you know, the first thing they do when they wake up is check their cell phone. The last thing they do before they go to bed is check their cell phone. Screen, screen, screens, like all the time, everywhere. So we're not great at it either. We can't expect our children and teenagers to self-manage this. We have to model it a little bit, and then we have to help them think through, you know, what's a good balance for them. So if you're one of the many parents out there who are struggling with what to do about screens, 
I hope this episode can help give you some guidance in how to approach screen time with your children. Oxner psychologists are here to help. And if you find that your children are exhibiting excessive negative mental health, go to my.oxner.org to schedule an appointment. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. I'm Alex Godan with Oxner Health. See you next time on Innovation Health.